Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the word I have for you this morning, the title of it is The Power of Agreement. The Power of Agreement. The power of agreement is how we get our prayers answered. It's how we walk in victory. Because, see, we live in two worlds. We live in the natural realm, the one that we see, but we also live in the spirit realm. If you're a child of God, you are a spirit being. John 17, 14 says, Let me find it. John 17, 14 says, I have given them thy word, and they in the world hates them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So that tells us that we live in a flesh body, but we're actually, if we're a child of God, we are a spirit being. We're aliens on this planet. <laughs> Hallelujah. And in verse 17, it says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The natural realm, if you think about it, the natural realm doesn't see the spirit realm. We only see, our natural eyes only see what's in the natural. But by the Holy Spirit, we can tell what's, we know what's happening in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. When we yield and come into agreement with God, you know, people say, you've heard it said, that you're the only Jesus some people see. That's true only if the Holy Ghost is allowed to have complete control. Then you're the Jesus that people see. Because then the Spirit manifests through you, through your flesh. That's when the Spirit is manifested, when we surrender when we come into agreement with God. Ephesians 5.1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. The word followers there actually means imitators. We are to be imitators of God. Our life on this planet should represent the life of God. It should represent heaven. But to do that, we have to be in agreement. Amos 3, 
verse 3, it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two prosper together? Can two pursue anything? Can two become one until they are in agreement? It's like two people getting married. We just had a wedding yesterday evening. <laughs> Hallelujah. They became one because they both said, I do. They came into agreement with each other, and they became one now. Amen? Hmm. John 10, verse 30. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Jesus said that he was one with the Father. And Jesus operated in power because he was one with the Father. When God spoke, Jesus was in complete agreement with what he spoke. And he operated in that. And he stepped into that. Jesus never once said, I am Jesus, and I'm going to go over here and do this, and God, I want you to bless it. It was always, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? I think that's where we miss it lots of times. We have these great and wonderful ideas. That doesn't necessarily mean they're a God idea. A God idea is when God speaks to you. He speaks to your spirit. And then you take that and you run with it. That's what God backs up. That's what heaven backs up. And we think sometimes Jesus said that he and the Father were one. Well, that's Jesus. He can't, I can't be one with God. I'm going to show you something I've never seen before. Jesus was with God at creation. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They were one. But in Philippians 2, 6 and 8, it tells us that Jesus, gave, basically, he gave up everything, everything. He gave up heaven and became a servant and became a man. He gave up Becoming one with God. He gave up being one to be a man. He gave that up. He had to learn to become one with God all over again. Jesus had to Become one with God as a man. And if he can do that, and because he did that, that paved the way for each one of us to be able to walk in agreement with God. That paved the way.
it paved the way for us to become one with God. See, in James 1, 5 through 8, it says that if you lack wisdom, you ask God and he will give it to you. That applies to everyone. We ask God, he will give us his wisdom. Then he says, ask in faith, which means come into agreement with it. Believe what God says, not wavering. You realize that I don't know about y'all, but when God speaks to me to do something, first thing that comes that confronts me is fear. Fear comes to stop being in agreement with God. It comes to stop it. But the thing is, fear doesn't come up most of the time and call itself fear. It calls itself excuses. It identifies as excuses. When it's really, if we really look behind it, it's fear. Hmm. Because in verse 8 it says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That double-minded means a two-spirited man. It means a man that is listening to two different spirits. He's listening to the Holy Spirit. He's listening to the unholy spirit because there's only two. There's a Holy Spirit, unholy spirit. God made it real simple for us. The Holy Spirit speaks the truth. The unholy spirit will speak excuses. So when God starts pulling on you to do something, to step out in faith, to step out and come into agreement with him, and all these excuses start coming... That's not the Holy Spirit talking to you. That's the enemy trying to keep you from stepping out into agreement with God. Hmm. Think about this. Prayer in God's presence is reality. when we go out into the world, the world is actually not a Christian's reality. What you see and experience in the spirit realm is God's reality. That's what's real. Let's look at Matthew 24, 35. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The natural realm will pass away, but the word of God will not pass away. It will never pass away. Let's look at Romans Chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 26.
This right here is going to help you get your prayers answered. Because in this, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, this is a scripture that everybody likes to post. Everybody likes to grab this one. It says, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You buy that in stores, you can buy that on plaques. But there's more to that scripture than that. We have to go back to verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself make us, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then, it says, and then. And we know that all things work together for good for them that love God. What that is actually saying is that when we get into the presence of God and we really seek him, and we get into that holy place, that holy of holies, and we intercede, and we let the Holy Spirit pray through us, then things work for our good. Then our prayers are answered. And the reason is because we're praying the will of God. We're praying the will of God when we do that. Because it bypasses our mind. And our spirit is praying. Our spirit is what's praying then. And the spirit knows what we need. The spirit knows. Let's just, let's just tell the truth. If we are, uh, some of the things that we would pray for would not be very good for people. If it's somebody that we don't like, we would pray God's judgment on them. We'd pray God strike them down. When God may be working on them, trying to get them saved. That's why we got to get into the Spirit and pray what the Spirit says. Hallelujah. Let's look at Hebrews 11. Eleven six it says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, without believing, it is impossible to please. It means to be fully in agreement with God. It is impossible to be in agreement with God without believing him. For he that comes to God must agree that he is God. We have to be in agreement that God is God. So is God God in your life? Do you allow him to be God in your life? Allowing him to be God in your life means that when you're faced with a situation... 
you seek his answer, you seek his will and his plan in that situation. And when he gives it to you, if he's God, in, if he is your God, then you will obey that instruction. So we have to first settle it in our hearts. Is God God in my life? Is he God? Do I let him rule? And then it says, and he, that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. That means to search him out. That means to seek him, to go after him. We watch a show called, a, sometimes called a crystal collector. And this guy digs in the dirt, in the mud, hunting for rocks. I mean, they're pretty rocks, but that's what he does. But he travels all over the place, and he seeks them out. That's his goal, is to find the next pretty one. We have to pursue God like that. We have to pursue God as if he has the answer. We have to pursue him as if we really believe that he has the answer. Because in reality, he does have the answer. So we have to pursue him as if he has the answer. In Hebrews 11, 3, it says, it says, through faith, let me find it. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That's that verse that says, so that things which are seen, which is what we see with our natural eyes, were made of things which do not appear. Nothing existed until God spoke. Nothing existed until God spoke. And the thing is, God is so big, he didn't need anything to even work with. That's the God that we serve. All he had to do was speak. And things became. That's why the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. And we talk sometimes, we think that we're, we're not, we use the excuse, well, I'm just a man or I'm just a woman. Well, let's look at Enoch. Verse 5. It says, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. That he pleased God, that he was in agreement with God. I need a volunteer. I need sage. <laughs> I'm going to show you. <clears throat> I want you to stand on the top. See, Enoch was a man just like we are. No different. He was born 
Actually, he was not even filled with the Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament, they weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost come on them. We have an advantage. We have a filling, an infilling of the Holy Ghost. She's going to represent God. <laughs> this is what Enoch did. He walked. We're just going to walk slowly. He walked and he talked with God. God talked with him. God gave him instructions. Enoch stepped into the instruction. Did what God said. They walked some more. They talked some more. God gave him an instruction. He stepped into the instruction. They walked some more. God gave him an instruction. He stepped into that instruction because he was in agreement with everything God said. He stayed in agreement with God. And then one day, he was walking with God. God gave him an instruction. He said, just step on over into heaven. Because the Bible tells us Enoch never died. Thank you. You played that part very well. If Enoch could walk with God to that degree that he got so close to God that God said, just step right on over in heaven with me. So can we. I know that's pushing it for what we believe about ourselves. But Enoch was a man just like you. He put his pants on the same way you do every day. He walked with God. God spoke. He came into agreement with that word and stepped into that word till it got to the place to where when God said he was so close to God, God said, don't even go back to the earth. Just step right on in. Because the Bible tells us he never died. It says it right there in verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. That is available to us. We just got to keep pursuing God. We just got to keep pursuing. When God speaks, we pursue. God speaks, we pursue. We keep going after it. Verse 7, we know the story of Noah. We'll just hit it just for a minute. God told Noah to build an ark. It had never rained, and God told him it's going to rain. Noah didn't know what rain was. It had never rained. It had never rained, but God said it's going to rain. And Noah's like, well, what in the world is rain? Don't matter. God said build this and gave him instructions, and he started building on dry ground, building a massive boat. Build one in your backyard and see what your neighbors do. You'll be ridiculed. You'll be laughed at. They'll probably pull their lawn chairs up and get their grill out and watch you and make fun of you. But Noah obeyed God regardless and did what God said. 
That's why we're here today. It's because of that one man's obedience. Hallelujah. Abraham, verse 8, tells us Abraham, by faith, when he was called to go out into the place where he should later receive an inheritance, obeyed, and says he went out not knowing where he went. God spoke to Abraham and says, pack up everything you own and go that way. You imagine all of his family and friends, where are you going, Abraham? I, I, I don't know. I'm going that direction, though. He had to step out and just obey what God said and go in that direction. He had to go. Amen. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Seeing, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth easily beset us. Let us run the race with patience that is set before us. We all have a race that God has set before us. It's our path. It's our destiny. It's what God wants us to do. God has set that before us. And we all know what the sins are that we face. We know them. But there's other things that, that hinder us, and they're called weights. I'll give you an example of some weights. The weights are the thoughts that the enemy will whisper in your ear that doesn't line up with what God told you to do. It contradicts the word. That's the weight. Because once that weight, once he whispers that in your ear, then it starts to pull you down and slow you down. It's doubt and unbelief. That's, that's what the weights are. Because in verse in Second Corinthians 10, it tells us to cast down imaginations, cast down, cast down reasonings. That's what imaginations are. God says something to you and we start reasoning. This, this can't work for me. It works for everybody else, but me, I'm an exception. That's a reasoning. The Bible tells us to cast those down. We cast them down. In the name of Jesus. And we look at Paul. Paul, in Acts chapter 19, tells us that Paul followed God so closely that they could take a cloth and lay it on his body and take it and lay it on somebody else and demons would flee. Demons would literally leave just because the cloth was laid on them. Demons would, with sicknesses, were healed because the cloth was laid on them that was laid on Paul. He was a still, he was a man just like we are. He was human. But he walked with God to that degree. So that gives us hope 
that where we are is not where we have to stay. We can come up. We can come up to another level if we're willing to pursue God and go after it. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, basically says that the eyes of the Lord are searching for someone. He can show himself strong in their behalf. God is looking for someone to believe him. God is looking for someone that will step out and trust him. That could be you. That could be anyone in here. God is looking for someone that he can show himself strong in. Let's look at Luke 1. We're going to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. I'll show you what, she, what Mary did. Luke chapter 1. Verse 26. That's where we'll start at. This is the story where Gabriel appears to Mary. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a, to a man who, whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The word cast there means she reasoned. The angel come and she reasoned in her mind, what are you here for? And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. I think it was interesting. In verse 28, the angel came and told her that she was highly favored by God. But then when she reasoned in her mind, fear came. And he had to say it again. When she reasoned and tried to figure out what he, had to, what he was doing there, fear came. So fear comes. Fear comes when God speaks to us to do something. It comes to attack our mind. And then it goes on to say, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, thou hast found favor with God. So the angel took authority over fear. It says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shall bring forth his son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Verse 34. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? 
The angel just spoke to her and told her, this is God's plan. And she went right back to the natural. Okay, God. How you gonna fig- how you going to do this? I can't figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out in my mind. But she couldn't figure it out. And the Holy Ghost gave her some instructions. But then on down in verse 38, this is, this, this is it. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. She quit trying to figure out God's plan and simply came into agreement. That's, that's, that's our struggle. We try to figure out what God is doing, how he's going to do it, when he's going to do it, instead of just simply coming into agreement with what he spoke. She's totally surrendered to God, to his word, without knowing anything other than that. Just be it unto me. What you said, God... I accept it. I come into agreement with it. She had to do that for Jesus to be born, our Savior. And for us to receive salvation, we have to come into agreement that Jesus is our Savior. We have to come into that agreement. That Jesus is the Son of God. That he died on the cross and he saved us. We come into that agreement. So I'm going to give an altar call. And that's, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and want to come into agreement with that, then I want you to come down. Also, if God has spoken a word to you, which most of us he has, and we've dropped them. God says, I want you to pick it back up. I want you to pick that word back up. I want you to pick it back up and come back into agreement with me. If you want to see it come to pass, that's what's required. So the altars are open. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.